Beer with Buffy is a retro-analytical love roast of Buffy the Vampire Slayer and its spin-off Angel. If you'd like to support our show financially, you can find us at patreon.beerwithbuffy.com. Don't forget to review us on iTunes if you like what you hear. Point is, the end result is the same. Duty calls. I have searched the world over before you. That is so cool. You guys all just have this really tight bond. Just call me the computer whisperer. He seemed so nice and warm. You don't want to come back to my place? The smell makes me nauseous. You know, I thought it was going to be a slow night. It's fucking fantastic. I love that sound. Can we go now? That one worked really well. Fuck! <laughs> oh, he That's s- why it sounded so much better. He spoke <laughs> way too soon. True to Rex form, immediately oh. as he said that, it foamed over and spilled everywhere. Yeah, all over my hand and the floor. Luckily, Edgar was not in my lap. <laughs> A fitting start to this episode of Beer with Buffy. Holy shit, that feels good. Not ale with Angel. Beer with Buffy, motherfuckers. Proper. Yes. Oh, yes. I'm Josh. And I'm Rex. And today on Beer with Buffy, we are in fact reviewing an all-time fucking classic, Buffy versus Dracula, episode one of season five. It's the one you've all been waiting for. Well, one of the ones you've all been waiting for. Yes. It is definitely a cult classic of the cult classic, and I was excited because I didn't remember shit about it. <laughs> and I was like, let's see what this is all about. What's all the hoo-ha and nanny-ing going on here? The hoot nanny? Yeah. The hoot nanny. What's all these kids doing on my front lawn? <laughs> I may or may not tell them to leave. <laughs> it will depend on how I feel about the situation. So you want to kick us off, Rex, and give us a little shout out to all of our executive doodle-doos? <laughs> Exec- oh, God. <laughs> we have executive producers, people who help support our show financially, and it's a big deal. Kind of, yeah. Yeah, and without them, this show is literally not possible. These executive producers are Karen Moon, Chris V-Man, Patrick J.F., Hilly Hilfman, Scarlett Choi, Janella Lindauer, Simo Pinty, Meredith McCaslin, Rose Clark, C in quotes heaps, Andy Burgess, Kefro Nome, Father DeFenestrato, Methuen DeBurr, Kelly McAdams, Shuby Pathic, Jesse Rain, and Carrie Phillips. Thank you so much for your support. Methuen DeBurr, your name always reminds me of that milk commercial uh, about Aaron Burr. Aaron Burr! I, I don't know what commercial you're talking about at oh, all. You don't remember that at all? No. There's some guy sitting around in some museum lounge with a statue of Aaron Burr in front of him, and there's a trivia question on the radio. Oh, yeah. If anybody knows the answer to this question, you win, I don't know, some ridiculous amount of money. One of the very first Got Milk commercials. Yeah. yeah okay. And they call His phone rings, and they're like, what's the answer to this question? He's like, Aaron Burr. Yeah, because he had just eaten a peanut butter sandwich. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, got milk. Yeah. That was probably one of the most brilliant marketing campaigns ever to grace the 90s. Oh, it changed the landscape of advertisements forever. Yeah. Milk was such a staple in the 90s diet, way more so than 
literally any other decade. Yeah, I think people have caught wise since then, but yeah. you know, we oh, were yeah. we were definitely milk fed farm city boys, whatever you want to call it. I don't know. Anyway, hey guys, if you want a way to support us for free, all you have to do is review us on iTunes. You know, if you if you don't want to be one of our fancy executive doodle doos, that's okay. Just review us on iTunes. And, uh, hey, we'll mail you free shit. Uh, almost certainly a free sticker. We looked into the price of buying bulk bottle openers, and they're really <laughs> neat, but we can't give those away for free. No, they, unfortunately. they're way too expensive but, for, for free gifts. But, yeah. but stickers? Stickers are totally doable. Bribing you for your love. All you got to do is send an email or tweet or Facebook message to us. Yeah, just prove to us that you, that you sent it with a screenshot in an email of you uh, editing or initially submitting that review. Yeah, and then we we will get your address and send you a free Beer with Buffy sticker. Yeah, this isn't just new reviews either, guys. This is all reviews, existing reviews. If it's an old as shit review, it doesn't matter. You can go back in there, click on us again like you're going to review us for the first time, and it will pull up your old review. Screenshot that. Email it to us. Bam. Proof. Yeah, and then we will send you one sticker. Pretty much plan on uh, U.S.-only gifts. Uh, all of our abroad listeners, we love you, but we're separated by a literal ocean. I'm sorry. Yes. <laughs> We, we would love to send you a sticker. Come on and visit us down here stateside. <laughs> kind of feels like that these days. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> we got no voicemails. We got no new iTunes reviews. So get us some more of those. Um, you know what time it is, Rex? Uh, is it time for your unfortunate wine reviews? <laughs> Yeah, we'll, we'll land on a title eventually. Um, I'm, for now, I'm calling it Bad Wine Tasting with Bad Wine. Today, as I rip the cork out of this poor, unsuspecting soul full of dead grapes that have gone bad, <laughs> the wine we're reviewing today, because if you lost track a while ago, we stopped drinking beer because it's very high in carbs, and I'm on a wine kick, so fuck it. Well, Let's and... I'm just on a diet. <laughs> and yeah, and Rex is on a diet. So the, the wine I'm reviewing today is actually The Walking Dead Cabernet Sauvignon. I was walking into the bathroom and there was a shelf full of wine bottles that had been banished from the main aisle. And this was one of them. I wasn't sure what their intention was, but I was like, this one's mine. Because I love The Walking Dead. Because, you know, what else could you ever possibly want to associate with food or beverage besides necrotized flesh? <laughs> I dare say these grapes have gone bad. It certainly reminds me of a dead thing that's walking around and trying to eat me. <laughs> well, they are dead grapes. They are. Yeah. A little bit. So, uh... And, and honestly, uh, zombies kind of look like raisins. So... <laughs> there it is. That's that's yeah. one of the terms on the wiki of wine tasting terms. Here we go. Here we go. Get my first whiff of it. And uh, so far, not promising. <laughs> I was not expecting it to be good. I was like, ooh, that looks nice and gimmicky. I'm going to hate it. I love that TV show. <laughs> Said nobody ever as the reason to buy wine. Also, this this wine has an app. 
So it has a augmented reality label. Yeah, the the label <laughs> is really good comic book art. It's very satisfying to touch. It looks like they spent all $18 of this $19 bottle of wine <laughs> on the label art. And you can point your damn phone at it and it looks like a zombie busts through the bottle and tries to eat you. And it's kind of neat. And then it gets boring after about yeah. tw- 20 seconds. Yeah. So, all right. So, what what's this bad wine all about? Here we go. Now that I've flapped on for a moment, given the <laughs> wine a chance to open up, it was already at room temperature. Let's see what happens. That's not a great. That's not a great face. Oh dear. <laughs> um. Uh huh. Let's find some terms for that on her <laughs> wine tasting chart. Let's see. Not buttery. Not balanced. Just go go down and mark off all the good ones. Slightly uh, astringent. Yes. <laughs> overly tannic. Tannic is the what gives it that dry sensation. The 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 taste that I greatly hate about most wine. <laughs> yeah, I I see. I don't mind that, but I'm getting kind of a sour taste off of this. <laughs> Are you sure the wine's not actually bad? Like it's gone bad? No, I'm not. This is from 2016. So that probably means it's been sitting on the shelf for two or three years. Like I said, I found this on a back shelf where I'm not sure I was even supposed to take it from. But it still rang up just fine. They sold it to you. Here's one. Dirty. A wine with off flavors and aromas that most likely resulted from poor hygiene during the fermentation (laughs) of bottling. I've said that one before, but this time I think it might actually apply. (laughs) Fallen over. A wine that at a relatively young age has already gone past its peak or optimal drinking period and is rapidly declining in quality is said to have fallen over. This may, in fact, be a wine that has fallen over. Like a zombie you shot in the head? Yes. <laughs> it's not horrible. It it does give give me a little bit of a shock of a fruity note at the beginning, at the front, if you will. And then it and it's just a very disappointing finish. There's not even a, there's no bad aftertaste. There's no good aftertaste. It's a disappointing finish. Yeah. Like the walking dead. <laughs> 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 wow i mean the walking dead is still going i know <laughs> uh, which is unfortunate musty it might be a little musty a wine with a dank old attic smell arising from processing moldy grapes or using dirty storage containers <laughs> no yeah honestly it's just it's just kind of boring it's not good it's not terrible though <laughs> but it's not good all right, fuck it. That's that's the Walking Dead wine, everybody. <laughs> it might actually be a little vinegary. <laughs> I like vinegar, and that just sounds so bad. There's like one flash of, hey, that tastes like fruit, and then it's gone. <laughs> it's like the LaCroix of wine. <laughs> Except it's if a LaCroix were punching you in the face instead of whispering at you from the bathroom. <laughs> Whispering at you from the back of your neighbor's apartment. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I fucking hate LaCroix. It's like, hey, fucker, <laughs> I said I needed toilet paper. And then it's just gone. And you're like, where'd you go? 
right. This has been Bad Wine Tasting with Bad Wine. <laughs> Moving along. Oh, God. I'm just going to sip on that the rest of the show, I guess. <laughs> Why not? Hopefully it didn't cost you much. It's $19. <laughs> Ouch. I mean, whatever. I've paid more for dumber things, trust me. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm still going to hang on to this bottle forever. <laughs> and long after my phone is completely useless to me, I will duct tape it to this bottle. <laughs> just so I can... Look at this label! So that I know that I will have a phone with that app preloaded. <laughs> and I can be like, hey, guys, look, it's got a zombie in the bottle. <laughs> Isn't this neat? Doesn't the flavor of the wine really make you want to find the one that has Rick in it? Yeah. You know, <laughs> I kind of want the one that represents a living person. <laughs> Maybe and, it'll be a better and wine. not a dead body that's walking around. Maybe that one will be better. Maybe. We'll, yeah. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> At least I don't have to help you drink it. I suppose it's time for a parental synopsis. It's the moment you've all been waiting for. Especially Rex. Yes. But probably more so my mom. Joshua! (laughs) What are you doing, Joshua? I've been stuffed away in this closet reorganizing. I think I lost track of time. Yeah, it's been about a month again, Mom. Maybe two. Really? And I still didn't get anything done. (laughs) That sounds about right. (laughs) Well, what have you been doing for two months, Joshua? Well, since I've spent the majority of my life having my life force drained by you, (coughs) um, I figure it's about time I start cashing in all that sweet, sweet lifeblood. (laughs) What's that, Joshua? Who's been draining you? Speak up when you're talking to me. You know I'm not as young as I used to be. Since someone took all of my youth when I gave them life and a roof over their head and just saying, I found a new job and I'm moving out. It's an unpaid internship, but the master allows me all the Bloody Marys I can ever want. Oh, Jesus, I've raised an alcoholic. You're goddamn right you did. And what's all this about a master? You're still not done with your chores from seventh grade, Mr. Master. I don't answer to you anymore, succubus! I have a document signed in baby's blood that says you're going to rearrange this furniture before you even think about setting foot outside that door, mister! I just want a life! So, alright, what are you thinking? The ottoman over here? The love seat over there? And maybe move the TV to the other side? I think that would work better to you. I don't care. It's your furniture. I just don't know where we're going to plug in the TV, though. I don't want the TV blocking the window. And uh, you live here, too, Joshua. It's not like you treat me like it, you old bag. Fine. Run away like your father off to your new master. The Dark Prince is really cool, and he actually cares about me. You'll never get out of this contract. I own you. I'll see you at Thanksgiving, honey. The Dark Prince understands me. He's going to make me an immortal. And I'm going to get all the babes, just like Xander and Buffy. I'm going to be a Scooby, yeah. 
He even understands the darkness of Buffy's Slayer power. And because in this episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Buffy totally meets Dracula. You know, she can't quite stake him because he's very wispy when he wants to be. <laughs> but she tells, okay, she brags to the rest of the Scoobies that Dracula knew who she was. So Willow and Tara and Giles and Riley get into research mode. Xander, while he's walking home, gets enthralled into being Dracula's drudge. Dracula then visits Buffy in the night and gives her a love bite. Next day, Buffy hides the bite marks with a scarf and finds out that that's totally his M.O. But Riley notices the bite marks, so Riley and Giles tell Buffy to stay with Xander while they search for Dracula. Unbeknownst to them, the Xander's under the thrall of Dracula. And Willow and Tara head over to Joyce's house to do a protection spell on the house. And as soon as the sun sets, Xander locks Anya in a closet and takes a fairly conciliatory Buffy straight to Dracula's castle. Buffy has a showdown with the man, the myth, the legend himself. While Riley, Giles, and Xander fumble about the castle... Buffy, of course, kicks his ass and they all go home. Giles has news for Buffy, but changes his mind because she needs him more than ever now. Buffy begrudgingly takes Dawn out to the movies with Riley at Joyce's suggestion. The end. I just have this image of you, like, saying that in your car, driving angrily. <laughs> like, to nobody, you're just reciting the plot of the episode. <laughs> Ladies, gentlemen, spiny-headed little creatures. As soon as the sun goes down, 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 down. As soon as the sun goes down, down, down. All right, so we open up to Buffy not being able to sleep. And you know what? I've been there. I, too, have had that can't sleep until I hunt down and violently murder the forces of evil insomnia as well. Almost every night, man. Yeah, it, like, it just happens. <laughs> <laughs> Chase them through the, the, the graveyard. You do the stabby stab. Stabby stabby. And then you go home and you you just you sleep like a baby. Like a fucking baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, sometimes I get up and I just stress eat, but most of the time <laughs> chasing down vampires. Yeah, that's pretty much the pre-credit scene. And we go into the opening credits. Indeed. I guess we could note that she was in bed with Riley and got up and went and did some hunting and then came back. Didn't we already say that? I didn't mention that she was with Riley. Oh, I see. Okay, yeah. So that's what we were going on about. And then we get the opening credits and, oh, I missed them. Yeah. I missed them so much. It's like a warm hug. It really was. Coming home after a long retreat. Yeah. After a long walkabout through it, the outback. So after the opening credits, we end up on the beach. And I guess they had to have like drove to the coast or anything because I never got the impression that Sunnydale was on the coast. I don't know. They never guess, mentioned the beach I guess before I, this. I feel like they really. don't really talk about the beach very much. No. Yeah. Well, it's kind of like we're only a 45-minute drive from a beach, a really good beach on Lake Michigan. Yeah, that is true. That and is we, true. how often do we go there? Maybe once a year? I, last year, I managed to go a couple of times, um, but I didn't manage to be able to go during any time that was like good for swimming. <laughs> yeah. Well, also, Lake Michigan kind of terrifies me these days. It's like 50 kids dying in there every year. Probably because they jump I off mean, the pier or their parents are idiots, but... Kids die around water constantly. 
Like, that's that's a way that kids die. It's horrible and unfortunate, but, like, you know, water can be dangerous. Yeah, it's terrifying. My point exactly. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, we're on the beach. Buffy and Riley are playing catch with a football. <laughs> and, oh, Riley, you deserve every bit of bruising you get out of this, buddy. Because <laughs> <laughs> he makes the mistake of telling Buffy that she throws like a girl. Yeah. And the next toss gets him knocked the fuck to the ground. She bullets that fucking ball into his goddamn face. <laughs> It's like, hey. I'm disappointed they should have done makeup so he had a black eye the whole episode. <laughs> I think that would have been great. <laughs> I'd have been okay with it. But, you know, I'm surprised he's still around. I was really expecting them to break up by the end of last season. Yeah, I I did not remember that he had come into fifth season. Yeah, but here he is. Yeah. Keeping on, keeping on with the Bufters. Buff- he's actually in a good chunk of the fifth season. Like, way more than I thought. I ended up looking it up after. Oh, I was going to say, did you look it up? Because I don't know. I ended up looking it up because I'm like, I thought he fucking left. Nope, here he is. And uh, the Scoobies are sitting further up the beach where I would be. (laughs) Right. Xander's attempting to light a grill fire and failing. What a fucking loser. He lacks the culinary finesse of a caveman. Yeah, at least he's aware of it, and he makes good self-deprecating commentary out of it. They also bask in the joy of not wearing themselves out with foolish physical activity. As Xander says, shouldn't relaxing involve less exertion? And, you know, he's not wrong. Kinda, but uh, I can think of some relaxing, exerting things. <laughs> Giggity. Exactly. Well, they're also just like hyper dogs, you know. There's <laughs> right. There's there's definitely you know non-sexual hyper relaxing things yeah. as well. Yeah. Playtime. They got they got more energy. And Willow has a great line. She's like, "Well, I think we just put our finger on why we're the sidekicks." Yeah. That's correct. Because you're a computer nerd. (laughs) That's okay, me too. Nothing wrong with that. Right. But Xander can't light the grill. Buffy and Riley return and they want burgers. Cow me. Cow me. (laughs) You know, don't fucking say that in this universe. Someone's going to turn your ass into a fucking cow. Or drop a cow on you. Yeah. Or a cow is just going to come out of nowhere and (laughs) ram its fucking bullhorns right up your ass. (laughs) I'm a cow, motherfucker! <laughs> Get what you ask for! <laughs> yeah, so Willow lights the fire for Xander, and she's like, it's no big, you just have to balance the elements, so when you affect one, you don't wind up causing... Boom! Thunderstorm! Whoops. And, like, as they're running away, she's like, it wasn't me! It wasn't me! I didn't do it! I didn't do it! Uh, yeah, you did. <laughs> But there was a nice little moment where they're like, oh, damn, Willow, that's fucking badass. That's, that's a well-done thunderstorm you summoned yes. there and ruined a perfectly good day at the beach. Hey, at least they didn't have fucking burgers on the grill already. You know, so bonus. Yeah, now they can go make burgers at home instead or something. Or just buy some at a restaurant. Yes. But yeah, that storm rolled in scary fast. I don't think it was actually from Willow. It's it's fun to blame on Willow, though. No, I think it definitely was. Yeah. <laughs> I think it definitely was. Had absolutely nothing to do with Dracula whatsoever. Probably. Maybe. Probably. I don't know. If you I, say they so. They don't hint at anything. I think the... mainly Rex is just an asshole. 
I mean that you're not wrong. I'm aware. So but we cut to outside of a mansion. A spooky castle. Or a castle. Yeah, it's definitely a fucking castle. It's more castle-y than <laughs> mansion-y. I've been to California. Didn't see very many castles there. <laughs> <laughs> well, and apparently neither have Giles or Riley, but we'll get to yeah. that. And so we, we got a couple of schlubs. I call them Black Dennis Nedry and Larry Dirt. <laughs> uh, they are movers, apparently, unloading a coffin in the rain. Well, it's bigger than a coffin. Because, I mean, it holds a body plus dirt. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, any coffin, you put the body in there and you put dirt on top of it, it's going to fill in the cracks. Yeah, but it was bigger than a coffin. It was more like a refrigerator box, but wood. But wood, yeah. Yeah. It was fairly large. So they drop it, and dirt comes out of it, and they're like, man, rich people are fucking weird. <laughs> Hauling dirt around? And he, he's not wrong. And no. He, and then a fist bashes out through the cover of the coffin, slashes the guy's throat. <laughs> Black Dennis Nedry. God, I'm going to hell for that. <laughs> I mean, that's a long list. <laughs> no, but really, if they'd cast a black man in the role of Dennis Nedry on Jurassic Park, it would have been this guy. Did you see his yellow rain jacket? It felt uh, yeah. like Jurassic Park in this scene. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. And like they had also cast Joe Dirt, but they couldn't get David Spade for the part. <laughs> so Larry Dirt. <laughs> like We were going to put him in an office extra role, but... This will have to do. <laughs> but yeah, they're dead. Who knew well, the there one, was a fucking vampire in the box? The one guy's dead. Dennis Nedry is, is, is definitely dead. Yeah. The other guy probably dies after they cut away. Yeah. Cut over to daytime now at Giles' house. Yes, where Willow's helping Giles with computer stuff, like she does. Mm -hmm. Setting up a scanner. Uh, fun fact, I once owned that exact scanner. Hey, it's like your twinsies. Right? You should call up Allison Hannigan and let her know. Yeah, sure, that'll go over great. I bet she'd want to get a coffee. <laughs> and chat about that. And while, she, while she's getting a scanner. coffee, we can work out the details of how she, we can interview her on our goddamn podcast. Yeah, well, no, we're just going to covertly <laughs> record that. <laughs> In the state of Michigan, it's legal oh. as long as one of you consents yeah, to the it, recording. Yeah, it is true. <laughs> um... I think we'd probably get sued, though, for not for the recording itself, but for like intellectual property theft kind of thing, like using her image. Like, I'm sure the likeness of her voice. Yeah. Something like that. Famous people yeah. can sue for something. Showbiz like that. has positive. different rules than court evidence. Yeah. Almost certainly. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So we're not going to do that. You know, we're going to go through her agent like proper gentleman. Yes. Indeed. So, yeah, she sets up the scanner, and she's a little, like, super sad because she doesn't want to fucking scan documents right now. It's fucking summertime. And it's lovely outside. I mean, it is California, though. They have right. a much larger window of it being lovely outside. But yeah. also, I guess it's just the timing of not having to be in school. So, but she's helping Giles archive as much shit as possible, like old books, to get organized so he can break all of our hearts into tiny shattering little bits of broken glass 
and then glaze her food with the glass dust so that it micro shreds her mouths and throats, <laughs> stomachs, Christ. and finally our intestines, causing us to slowly bleed out internally. But Willow can't tell Buffy. Are you experiencing some emotional pain, Josh? Over Giles saying that he's moving back to England? Yes. <laughs> okay. That was graphic. <laughs> That's what it feels like. <laughs> no, but like, he his, his fucking line is, you mustn't repeat what I'm about to say. You can't fucking say that to Willow. <laughs> that happens all the time on this show. It has been established that Willow's not good at keeping secrets first off. Second off, like, she's filled with anxiety. Yeah, and she is. Well, I mean, she didn't have anything else to do this episode. But he's like, you can't tell Buffy. Can I trust that you'll do that or something? And Willow's re reply is one of my quotes of the day. She says, I guess now that I know there's something to know, I can't not know just because I'm afraid somebody will know I know, you know? <laughs> <laughs> That one was better than I gave it credit for. Yeah, And Giles is like, uh, did that mean yes? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> does, does that mean yes? Indeed. I fucking love any way that they can cleverly cram, like, one fucking word combination into a, a bunch of times into one quote. Into as many different uses as possible in one line. Yeah. It's well done. Exactly. Like, like the fucking... Uh, scene in Boondock Saints when, when uh, <laughs> yeah, what is it? Rocco is like fucking fuck fuck you fucking fuck fuck, and well, that certainly illustrates the diversity of the words. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, yeah, Willow can't tell Buffy. Well, for fuck's sake, we'll see how that works out. Though I do want to mention that Giles is specifically saying that he is leaving because he feels that he doesn't have a purpose, that Buffy doesn't need him there. Mm -hmm. Like, he's not Buffy's watcher. He feels like he's not needed anymore. And all they need him for is his books. And that's why he's scanning the shit to give him. And he spent all of last season wafting in the wind, not knowing what to do with himself. So yeah. might as well go back to England. Yeah. Well, this guy wants to fight with weapons. I've got it covered from A to Z. From Axe to the other Axe. I'm fairly certain I said no interruptions. Cut over to Buffy's house, yep. where Buffy is eating dinner with Joyce. Yep, and it's a pleasant dinner, and, and she's like, oh, I gotta go out patrolling, and her mom doesn't really put up any sort of fuss, no passive-aggressive bullshit or anything. Sorry, not sorry, gotta eat and run. And call you like, call you later, Mom. She's quite cool about it. It's a nice little scene, actually. Yeah. Well, she does try to get her to go get dessert, and I'm like, "Damn it, woman, let her go." I don't know, but and, Buff, well, Buffy's a little uh, a little extra eager to get out there and get on patrol. Well, and Joyce even says that she's gonna have to. It's gonna be hard to get used to Buffy being back in school and away from home again. Mm -hmm. And like, no, that's totally a legitimate thing. Like, you get used to somebody being there, and then they're fucking gone. That's hard. Yeah, that's a thing, definitely. So Buffy's like, man, those vamps. Can't live with them. Can't live without killing them. I know, what a drag, right? Okay, thanks, bye. <laughs> Jesus Christ. And then she's out on patrol, cuts to her fighting a vamp, wearing leather pants. She wears leather pants a lot. and like Specifically I in this just, episode, yeah. Like, I just can't 
imagine what it's like to do that kind of fighting in leather pants. Seems like they would have poor mobility. Poor mobility? They make, like, noises when you move, first (laughs) off. Like, how do you be stealthy and sneak up on a vampire when you're wearing leather pants? And also, they don't breathe. Right, yeah. Like, leather does not breathe. It's so swampy. And she's often wearing a leather jacket on top of that. And it's like, she doesn't need it for armor. But she looks cool. Okay, yeah. <laughs> like, there's some really, really good looking red leather pants. So it's a testament to how amazing she is that she can do this in leather pants. Okay, yeah. And therefore adding to the elegance of her laying waste to yet another random vampire who appears to be wearing some kind of Kevlar vest. Right. Could not figure out what was going on there. I like the way she takes them out. She takes them out with uh, what wrestling fans will know as a hurricanrana. A what? Hurricane Rana. Ah. It's a, a luchador wrestling move where the wrestler jumps up and grabs the opponent's head with their legs and does a little spinning flip thing and throws them to the ground. So like something you'd see in Street Fighter. Yeah. Neat. Stabby stab dead. Dust. Excellent. Anyone? No? Dust. So, <laughs> and then who but of all vampires. Yeah. Apparates behind her and watches from afar. Well, I think you know because it's in the title. Dracula. Oh, was it Dracula? Yeah. Shit. Um, excuse me. I was thinking. Oh, what title were you reading? Um. Oh yes, Dracula. Excuse me. Uh, that's none of your damn business. No, thank you to stay out of my personal affairs. <laughs> but no, he introduces himself, and I love. Her fucking response. Like, this look on her face is like, Do you know who I am? Actually, yes. Yes. (laughs) I do, in fact. Cut to outside of the graveyard, where Willow and Xander are walking along, eating ice cream. Yeah. We, unfortunately, must cut away from Buffy strutting around in her tight red leather hot pants. (laughs) Oh, they're not hot pants. Well. They're full-length pants. They're pants, and they're hot. (laughs) I mean... That is true. That is all I meant. So, of course, I'm still thinking about how they would be very, very hot and sweaty and probably kind of swampy. You know, they don't breathe. You're ruining it. (laughs) (laughs) They don't breathe so much. I I don't care. (laughs) But whatever. So Buffy with her swamp ass, she finishes getting her autograph and a selfie while Dracula makes bitey faces at yes. her neck and everything. So anyway. They we called cut- in a caricature artist, got their faces <laughs> painted. She dated him for a couple of years before they realized it just wasn't going to work. <laughs> Riley was livid. Anyway. <laughs> Willow and Xander talking about the secret. Oh, right. We're on that scene. Yeah. Uh, Xander's a bit of a perv. Big surprise. <laughs> Since when? Right. Which Xander? Are we still talking about Buffy the Vampire Slayer? Yes. Huh. Uh, Willow mentions a secret, and Xander's like, uh, Willow, everyone already knows. <laughs> About her and Tara. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, but if there's something super dirty you want to tell me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and then she's just about to tell Xander what the secret is. Yeah. But I don't think she does. Regardless, we cut back to Buffy, and there's a about another minute that elapses um, yep. where they were still talking that she could have potentially told him. 
Yeah, she doesn't really believe that he's Dracula. She mentions that she... Wait, I, w- I was still talking about Willow and Xander. Oh. I don't... After th- we cut back to Buffy and Dracula, right. there's still a minute of conversation between yeah. Willow and Xander where Willow could have potentially told Xander... I don't think she did, ...the though. secret. I don't think she did because there's no real indication from Xander in the rest of the episode that he knows anything. That's true. Okay, so yeah, Buffy and Dracula. So yeah, she doesn't really believe that he's Dracula... Uh, mostly because she's run into multiple vampires who claim to be Lestat. <laughs> Pimply overweight nerds. That's too bad. Like, if you're going to cosplay, guys, at least do it right. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, once you've been sired and turned into a vampire, you only got what you got when you got sired. Yeah. And that's unfortunate. It's like there's no amount of working out is going to fix that. No. Once you're given the dark gift. I can just imagine, like, getting turned into a vampire and, like, imagine the worst year you've ever had. (laughs) (laughs) And you get turned into a vampire. And that would just be so horrible. I would just dust myself immediately. (laughs) But Well, this is never going to end. We're done here. (laughs) But also, no amount of working out is ever going to turn you into Tom Cruise or Brad Pitt. Right? So, blah. Yeah. Better have something going for you anyway. So apparently Buffy is famous, and this is news to her, but it makes sense. Yeah, well, duh. She's the Slayer, you know, singular except the other one who is in prison now. He's a fucking (laughs) vampire. You're the Slayer. Of course he's fucking heard of you. There's only one of you. Granted, there's only one of Dracula, but he's just a vampire after all. Yeah. And so she tries to kill him like just a vampire. Right. So Buffy's like, oh my god, you've heard of me? Wait, are you sure you're not just like a fanboy? And he's like, bleh. And she's like, oh, okay, you're Dracula, I get it. By the way, you're evil too because your power is rooted in the evil. She's like, bored now, swoosh. <laughs> steaky, 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 but he mists into a puff of smoke to dodge you it. You missed me! <laughs> <laughs> I'm really disappointed that he never once said that. (laughs) (laughs) And he reappears behind her. She swings again. And he missed again. But it's more she missed. Did he miss? Did he miss or did she miss? I'm done here. (laughs) Taking my shitty wine and going home. Good, because I'm not drinking that shit. Go watch reruns of The Walking Dead. <laughs> so, so Xander and Willow show up. They're like, "Hey, Buffy, you're you're fighting a vampire. Congratulations!" And Buffy's like, "Run, fuckers!" And they're just too dumb to actually listen to her. Well, Xander starts taunting Dracula because he's he's like, "Oh, look, you're wearing a cape." Blah. <laughs> it looks like someone's got a bad case of dark prince envy. Xander, don't taunt the fear demon. (laughs) Why is he dangerous? No, it's just tacky. Just tacky. (laughs) Taunting Dracula, however, is dangerous. Keep it up. (laughs) But also, still kind of tacky. I have no interest in you. Leave us. No, we're not going to leave you and. Where'd you get that accent? Sesame Street? <laughs> One, two, three, three victims. Ah, ah, ah. I'm just really glad that they went there. 
right? <laughs> um, also, I do kind of want to note when Xander quoted the count, he didn't do it properly because he's like, one, two, three victims, mwahaha. And he doesn't do the proper laugh because I'm pretty sure he legally couldn't. Oh, very, very possibly. Yeah. That's funny. It's, I, I bet you it's a trademark catchphrase. <laughs> <laughs> but regardless, Buffy's like, hey, Xander, can you stop annoying the shit out of the ancient legend? We're totally vibing over here until you two nerds showed up. <laughs> and Dracula's like, whatever. And he's like, bat! And then flaps around in Buffy's hair for a minute. <laughs> My favorite fucking part, though, is he turns, he flies at them and turns into a bat mid flight and flies off and then comes back. He, comes he back. makes the conscious decision to come back and fly at her hair a bit and then fly off. I think he was either A, directionally challenged, or B, <laughs> she used a particularly good shampoo that day. Right. That's, like, oh, like, that's that smells not, good. That's a thing. I must flap around in that for a moment. Yes. I went on a date recently and she had really good smelling hair. Yeah, I just wanted to eat that hair. No, uh, no I did not want to eat the hair. Did you want to eat her hair pie, but Rex? Like, no. <laughs> <laughs> you can't say no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to pour more wine. Why not? It makes me say the bad things. Well, that was highly inappropriate. <laughs> Welcome to Beer with Buffy. <laughs> it's full of highly inappropriate humor. <laughs> Can't say I didn't warn you. No. When I hugged her goodbye, I smelled her hair. You fucking perv. We're still talking about this. Frankly, it's ludicrous to have these interlocking bodies and not interlock. Putrefying diseases. It'll make you blind and insane, but it won't kill you. Light a bunch of candles and have sex near them. So far, I like it. Please remove your clothing now. Anyway, cut to Giles' house. Yeah, because, you know, most most people just want to be somewhere Xander is not. Um, yeah. That's why yeah. Dracula left. Wasn't right. He, he was just annoyed. And the, the she-scoobs are just fucking drooling over Dracula. Right. Yeah, Buffy and Xander and uh, Willow are regaling the rest of the scoobs with the story of meeting Dracula Buffy is just beside herself and yeah. and can't seem to get over herself. She's just so goddamn gushingly flattered that the Count Dracula has heard of her, yeah. Willow Buffy Summers. Well, fucking duh. Anya goes all kind of fangirly about Dracula going on about how they met once and he's so cool. Well, not so much fangirly so much as she went more groupy. Yeah, that's it. Fangirl slash groupie. She's like, oh, I totally know. Uh, and know. her whole tone is like, I don't actually think Anya hung out with Dracula. <laughs> I think they maybe were in the same room together. <laughs> I imagine that she like walked up to the group of people that he's standing like they're all standing with drinks chatting and she walked up to the circle of people that he happened to be in and like no matter what he said she immediately was like ah ha, 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 that's very funny like trying to be friends with him and he's like 
annoyed and just walks away. She's way too awkward and man Haiti to have been that big of a fan of a male anything back right. when she was a vengeance demon, though. Yeah. So, but it was still cute. Everybody's all just gushing over Dracula because he's fucking Dracula. Oh, and then every few moments in this scene, any chance Willow gets, she's like just being like, hey, guys, notice how helpful Giles is? Nudge, nudge, wink, <laughs> wink. We couldn't ever possibly do without him, could we, guys? I, I still can't get over how Buffy's all like, oh, he knows who I am. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, he's a vampire. He reads the paper and he's old. He's lucky to meet you, not vice versa. So anyway, um, they're talking about going after Dracula. Uh, Buffy wants to take caution because she knows what the fuck she's doing. And Riley's all, let's cowboy up and let's go get him right now. Yeah. Super gung-ho. It's very obvious his whole fucking goddamn motive is fueled by his insecurities. Well, someone made the mistake of calling Dracula sexy, and then he gets called tall, dark, and handsome. Yeah. Dark, penetrating eyes, blah, blah, blah. And from here on out, every couple in the room, which there are three of them at the moment. Yes. Gets super fucking insecure about anyone ever finding anyone attractive besides themselves for the rest of eternity. Yeah. And the, the two lines here that really encapsulate that is Riley says, you're not just saying that because of those dark, penetrating eyes of his, are you? She says, no, his eyes were, they were, th there was no penetration. I swear to God. <laughs> Cross my heart. Yeah. <laughs> she knowingly, like, looks at the room like, oh, God, that was dirty. <laughs> the w yeah, the way she played that was brilliant. Yeah. I don't know what's more challenging, writing for her or her reading those lines. Right. Because that's not an easy one to play off, but she does it flawlessly. Yeah, she really does. And But like this whole scene, Giles and Buffy are essentially talking about, they know a ton about Dracula, but how much of that is real and fiction? And like the... With a figure like this, you would have to do a lot of fucking work to separate fact from fiction. Yeah, that's the main thing that Giles suggests is perhaps the key to defeating Dracula is lies in separating the myth from the fiction or the fact from the fiction or something rather. Yeah. And so he puts Tara and Willow on internet research duty while he's on book duty. And he tells them to look up as much as they can about the actual story of Vlad the Impaler. Which I only vaguely recall ever hearing has anything to do with fucking Dracula, but pff, who am I? <laughs> the, mo the most well, knowledge I have of Dracula is from fucking Dracula Dead and Loving It with Leslie Nielsen and Mel Brooks. Well, the main avenue of tying Vlad the Impaler to Dracula is there were some mythological attributes attributed to Vlad the Impaler, mm -hmm. and he's considered the historical figure that is the basis for Dracula. Bram Stoker, who wrote Dracula, based a lot of the, the like tidbits of characterization of who Dracula was on Vlad the Impaler. Oh, fun. So, And Vlad the Impaler was a real person. Oh, I'm like, aware. Definitely. I mostly just remember him from that meme where... Vlad the Impaler discovers marshmallows <laughs> and he's just sticking a marshmallow on a roasting fork and he's like, well, these are fucking great. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I love that little cartoon. <laughs> but no, I was really disappointed that they didn't get more into the lore connecting Vlad the Impaler to yeah. Dracula. But I appreciate that they put that one little reference nod towards it. They missed the opportunity with this episode to use the lore, the possible lore behind this character in some way, shape, or form that would have expanded upon it and added to it or, I don't know, just done something a little bit new with the idea of Dracula. Yeah. Because, like, Dracula's fucking public domain. You're writing a fucking public domain character into your fucking vampire mythology you have the opportunity to take something from that and add it in in a very clever way. And they really fail at that. And I think it would have been really cool if they had taken some of the history of Vlad the Impaler and, like, turned it into something so that, like, maybe Buffy had had to use some of that real history to defeat him or something. Oh, that would have been really neat. Yeah. Regardless, yeah, they could have gone a completely different direction with this, but rather instead of adding to the myth of Dracula, I think they wanted to use Dracula's fame to add to the myth of Buffy. Yeah. And they went more in that direction. It it was basically like when you take a movie and you say, all right, if we were to make this a Muppet movie... Which characters would the Muppets play is kind of how this episode felt. And that's perfectly reasonably fun to do as well. Hey, guys, we want to do Dracula, but we're going to do Dracula and Buffy. The role of Mina will be played by Buffy. The role of Renfield will be played by Xander. It is. Dr. Harker will be played by. It is fun. Yeah, it is fun. However, I really had hoped that they do something a bit more clever than that. Well, you get what you get. Yeah, it's it's fine. (laughs) So Giles disseminates tasks to everybody. Uh, Huddle breaks up, comes to an end. Everyone leaves. Buffy tries to get Riley to come back to her place to rest. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Nudge, nudge. (laughs) Riley's response, nothing you're about to say will lead to rest. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. I've had that conversation a few times, except it... (laughs) Never went quite as smoothly. (laughs) Well, you don't have a team of writers. (laughs) That too. Yeah. Cut to the city streets. Yeah. Cut to the city streets. And also as they walk past the espresso pump. Yes. Just in case you wanted some geographical notation of where they are. Yeah. And there's a wolf on the roof of the espresso pump. Yeah. It's a pump. That doesn't belong there. Yeah. Unless there's, like, an apartment up there and somebody's illegally... Housing wolves. Housing wolves, or has a wolf as an exotic pet. God, that would be a terrible place to keep a wolf. Yeah, probably. Anya's going on and on about Dracula. (laughs) And, you know, I will say that Xander kind of has a little bit of ground to be a little bit, like, come on. Can we be done talking about Dracula now? Yeah, maybe. A a little bit. Not much. Like, he obviously goes way into the jealous range of things, but she is going on and on and on. Yeah. She's obviously been talking about him the whole fucking walk so far. (laughs) And... I mean, she did spend hundreds of years as a vengeance demon. She would have a lot of stories and... 
guess what? You get to be the brunt of that, Xander. Yeah. But yeah, you, sure. You want to do the horizontal naked dancing. <laughs> you get to deal with the scary demon talk. <laughs> but, you know, she's not evil anymore. She probably shouldn't be talking so peppily about yeah. their current enemy. But he, he wants her to come back to his place. She doesn't want to because it's White's Day. <laughs> and the smell of bleach nauseates her. I had a quote of the day here. Anya's like, you should just mention my name if you see him again. Xander's <laughs> like, oh, or better yet, why don't you just go sit on top of a crypt and flaunt your neck cleavage until Dracula shows up? <laughs> then you two can talk private. <laughs> you know, even when he's being nice guy Xander, at least he's funny. Neck cleavage? Neck cleavage. <laughs> you, you missed that one? <laughs> no, I caught it. It's just, it's like... <laughs> Really? <laughs> it's an analogy. Like, I get it. If you're a vampire, <laughs> what do you find attractive? But Dracula doesn't go for Anya. Dracula goes for Xander. Yeah, because they part ways. Xander turns one fucking corner and, of course, <laughs> blah, there's Dracula. Yeah. Xander's like, ah, wise guy, eh? Well, I'll show you what for. And I'll take you to the cleaners right after breakfast with your mom. And, and I'll make a great stepdad pucker up while I kiss your keister with my keister kissers. I call them lefty and righty, but you can call them, oh, shut the fuck up. <laughs> Okie dokie. <laughs> you will do my bidding. Ah, ah, ah. <laughs> you bet your ass I will. God, you're hot. You're a very strange little man. <laughs> well, I mean, he's not wrong. The best line in this entire exchange is the last thing Dracula says to him. After putting the mind whammy on him and making him his Renfield, uh, he says, You are strange and off-putting. Go now. <laughs> <laughs> and he's just like, Okay! Well, alrighty. <laughs> yeah. Xander becomes Xanderfield. Xanderfield! <laughs> and the old D-man poofs and fucks off. Xanderfield is just a little too giddy about what just happened. Yeah. You know, he's under the thrall, like you do. Be good. We will. We're just gonna play with matches, run with scissors, take candy from some guy. I don't know his name. I'm finished being everybody's butt monkey. Cut over to Spike's crypt. I just thought it was a random crypt, and Riley was just like searching random crypts. Well, it is a random crypt, but it's a random crypt that Spike has inhabited. He goes to Spike for information. He's gonna pay Spike for information. Hey, handy that. Yeah, you'd think that would really perk him up, but no. You know, he always needs money for smokes and probably other stuff. Booze. Booze, I guess. Apparently crossbow bolts as well. <laughs> you gotta pay for the pig's blood somehow. Yeah. Mm. Still needs blood. But Spike's like, oh, fuck off. He's out of your league, boy. Shut up and go home. That's not a direct quote. Hey, you went right into that really well. Ah, thank you. Uh, Riley's like, well, you're gonna help me, because, like, I'll kill you if you don't. <laughs> oh, boy, what are we gonna waggle our dicks about at each other now? <laughs> Riley's all, boy, howdy! <laughs> all right, fine, I see your dick waggles just about as good as mine. <laughs> but Riley's just kind of, they're doing a fucking stare down with their machismo horse shit, and Riley just... Fucks off. I guess he wins the stare down. 
Well, Spike's still got his fucking yeah, chip in his head. Like, Spike can't throw down with Riley. Like, period. Yeah. And that's the only reason Riley has any fucking chance. The only reason, exactly. But in this scene, we do find out that Spike knows Dracula. Dracula owes Spike money. <laughs> of course he and does. And Dracula's not some special kind of vampire. He's just a vampire who also knows, quote, gypsy stuff. Who also fucked it up for all the other vampires because now everybody knows how to kill them. Yeah. But he te- he tells Riley he should just go home to his super honey. <laughs> <laughs> like, don't fuck with vampires. Go home to your super honey. Let her do it. Because he's jealous. He wants to go home to Riley's super honey. I, you know, I he's, can't blame him. He's working on it. Working yeah. on it. In another season or so. Yeah. And uh, Spike's like, you'll never find him before he finds Buffy. As Riley's leaving. Yep. Cut over to Buffy's house. Oh, also, uh, Spike did divulge to Riley that Dracula specifically lives in super swanky luxury places. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's where he gets that info. Yeah. Okay, cool. All up to speed. Yep. So cut to Buffy's bedroom where Dracula mists into the room. And my first question is like, what the fuck? How? Right? Yeah. Don't you have to get invited in? But you know, it's like we casu- find out later, just casually wafts in through the air conditioner, yeah. like hey, <laughs> and Buffy's all hey, and he's all hey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she puts up no fight whatsoever. She's completely helpless. You are magnificent. I bet you say that before you bite all the girls. Ah, uh, ah. Uh. Uh. <laughs> and he does. <laughs> He's like, no, I do not. <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> and my God, you can cut the forbidden lustiness with a goddamn knife here, kids. She's half hypnotized and half just wants to fuck his brains out. Well, between column A and column B, she gets the best of both worlds. <laughs> Maybe, kind of, I guess. I wouldn't know. You know... I was kind of feeling this whole this whole thing with the fucking like doing the super dark sexy vampire thing until there's there's at least one line in this scene especially when Dracula says something and the way he says it hits the fake teeth and you get a little bit of a touch of wearing those plastic vampire teeth in his voice. <laughs> And there's just one line in this scene that hit that way. And I couldn't not hear it the rest of the episode. Oh. (laughs) I just, I really appreciated his accent regardless. Yeah. Just the way he pronounced Dracula. The accent's pretty fucking solid. Yeah. There's just a moment where there's a little bit of a lispy, I'm not comfortable with these teeth in my mouth. I'm a child that is out on Halloween trick-or-treating. Yes. I did not notice that. And I couldn't fucking stop after this point. And you're I was, sure it wasn't just the accent? No, it was definitely trying to say something in that accent with those teeth in his <laughs> mouth. Because if, I mean, if you think about it, how many fucking actual people in this show do they have as vampires talking with the fangs in their mouth? doesn't happen that often most of the time when vampires are vamped out normal vampires have to vamp out yeah yeah and the few times that i recall david boreanaz talking while he's vamped out he gets a little lispy yeah there's (laughs) a little bit of that and there was a bit of that from the master too yeah 
Except he worked it into the character because he just sounded hissy. He was a very yeah. snaky character anyway. Yeah. I was so mad that I noticed it, though, dude. Like, because I, could, I couldn't not <laughs> the rest couldn't of the You couldn't unhear it? <laughs> yeah. Long story short, he's like, expose your neck, oh, Slayer. It's like, what? You mean like this? <laughs> I'm only doing this because I want to, not because you made me. <laughs> yes. Now I shall taste of the... Ah, what is this? You have been tasted. What unworthy charlatan has tasted of my meal, or I mean love? Oh, you know, a girl gets around, huh? Shut up, and now we drink. <laughs> really? What do I get to drink? Oh, I, I, okay, I meant I drink, just me. I drink you. It's a fair deal, trust me. <laughs> I just got this fucking image from the second Ace Ventura movie. <laughs> I think they're saying that she's not a virgin. <laughs> they can tell that? <laughs> exactly. I'm, I'm basically just writing a new script for the for the next version of Dracula Dead and Loving It. <laughs> God, I need to watch that again. It has been a long time that used to be since one of I my, watched Dracula Dead and Loving that It. That used to be one of my favorite fucking movies. It is by far one of his best comedies. It was super underrated. Yeah. Everybody always talks about fucking Spaceballs and... Blazing Saddles. Blazing Saddles. Yeah, but nobody ever talks about Dracula, Dracula Dead and Loving It, and that and saddens fucking, me. What is it? Uh, Leslie Nielsen? Yeah. He, dude. He was perfect. Fucking genius comedian. <laughs> yes. Like, fucking legendary. Yeah. And... It was way better than Spaceballs. Spaceballs bores me to tears. Yeah, I've Frankly. also just seen it too goddamn much. I think the funniest part of Spaceballs is, Hello, my baby! Hello, my darling! Hello, my rex and I'm a gal! Everything else just drags. A little bit, a little bit. Oh, also, I'm a mog. Half man, half dog. And, ah, I see your Schwartz is as big as mine. That's the whole movie. <laughs> also, they go plaid. <laughs> So anyway, sexy, sexy, bitey, bitey, drinky, drinky. Next morning, <laughs> next morning, Buffy wakes That's up. That's really what you wrote down, wasn't it? Yes. <laughs> God damn. Next morning, Buffy wakes up. She's got stab marks in her neck. And I think they're called puncture wounds or bite marks, Rex. Yeah, they're stab marks. Okay. <laughs> they they were they were drawn on her neck with red sharpie. Tooth stab marks. <laughs> they were drawn on her neck with red sharpie. She's like, "Oh goodness! Luckily, I have this handy out of place. Uh, doesn't match my outfit at all. Scarf. Oh dear. I do declare. <laughs> oh my god. I honestly felt dirty and a little bit aroused when she looked at the bites, and there was no sign that she wasn't expecting to see them. She knew that it happened and she wasn't mad about it. It was a it was a very forbidden lusty kind uh, of moment. It was it was kind of uncomfortable to me. Yeah. They do play it oddly. Cuz I <laughs> half expected it to be like, "Oh, that was a funny dream." Ah, there's bite marks. Yeah. Oh no. That's exactly what I was expecting. No, they didn't take it there though. Oh, no, it was it was odd. She was just like, uh oh, oh jeez, I cheated on Riley last like, last oh, night. How the fuck did I get this hickey? Time to cover this up. Yeah. Oh, that was just 
uncomfortable. Yes. <laughs> I will always be here for you. And you've got Mr. Giles and your friends. Believe me, there's nothing to be afraid of. So cut to Giles' Giles place. Giles' living room. Where they're going over Dracula factoids. Riley shoves a donut, just spooging red jelly into Buffy's face. I was fucking like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Either put some pants on that donut or take it to the hospital. I don't really care which. This is inappropriate. <laughs> I think if you're going to take the donut to the hospital, you should put pants on it. Because, like... <laughs> You're going outside. <laughs> can you can't somebody just go around without pants? Can somebody please knit us some donut pants? <laughs> <laughs> I have too many naked donuts just laying around being little whores. Oh. So I got two Xander lines in this scene. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> They're not whores. That's very degrading. Yeah. <laughs> They're liberated. They can be as pantsless as they want. Anyway, I got two Xander lines this scene. But I'd like to be able to provide them with pants if they want them. I feel like a bad donut dad, okay? That's because you are. (laughs) We're not supposed to talk about that. All right, I'm just going to eat them and be done with it. Anyway. No evidence. I got two really good Xander lines in this scene. And one is required for the other. Okay. The first one happens very early in the scene. Willow's like, hey, let's discuss Dracula factoids. And Xander replies with, like any of that's enough to fight the Dark Master. Everyone turns and looks at him. Bader. (laughs) Good cover up. (laughs) Yeah, good cover. Very nice. And the discussion moves on. Yeah. Also, uh, he can. Uh, they tell us that he can read and control minds, and yep. not that Buffy would have noticed. <laughs> yeah. Through the whole scene, Xander's extra twitchy. Buffy's extra distracted. Willow's talking about Dracula's normal modus operandi about how, like, he goes in for the the long seduction technique. Like, wants to lure his victims in. I'll turn them, but they have to really want it. Yeah. It's some creepy, crazy gaslighting on a whole different level. Willow's going on about, like, yeah, I really kind of get it because, like, his gaze, his dark, penetrating gaze. Did you feel it, Buffy? And she's like, no, I didn't feel anything. And then that brings us to Xander's second line. Mm-hmm. That is, see, Buffy didn't feel it. I think you're drawing a lot of crazy conclusions about the unholy prince. Bader. Bader. (laughs) It works the first time, buddy. (laughs) And it works the second time. Well, yeah, they don't expect anything more or less from Xander. (laughs) Even as Xanderfield, he's still pretty par for the course. (laughs) Uh, so, So basically, we learn that the M.O. of Dracula is that he seduces his victims, then turns them into vampires. So there's no chance that he's actually into Buffy, which is kind of lame. But Buffy's like, that's very interesting. Okay, I'm going to go find him then. 
Riley's all, no, uh, hey, what's under that scarf? And she's like, it's nothing. I'm absolutely not currently being seduced in the exact way that Giles just described. Aha, uh-huh, but you are being that thing you just said because bite marks, huh? Right there. He's like, what's under that scarf? And she's like, nothing. His tone when he says, you're under the thrall of the Dark Prince, aren't you? Am it's not. It's very just like, <laughs> aren't you? Aren't you? And it's just so, like, not concerned enough in a way. It's like he's mad at her for being under the thrall. Like, you've been smoking again, haven't you? <laughs> have you been thralling the Dark Lord again? <laughs> what if, have we talked to- <laughs> I know we've talked about this. Don't try to act like we you know, like we haven't talked about this. <laughs> She's like, well, shit, you're not wrong. So Buffy yeah. is clearly enthralled. Rips the scarf scarf off, and her head just plummets to the floor. It wasn't attached. It was really weird. Don't listen to him, guys. <laughs> That's not what happened at all. Riley's like, a quarter of the day here. He says, and what did I tell you? That's thrall. Xander says. You're saying Dracula has some sort of freaky mind control over her? You're watching too many creature features, man. <laughs> He's really trying to misguide them, and they're yeah. just like, shut up, Sander. I'm <laughs> not paying any attention to him. <laughs> So Riley's like, well, who could blame you? What with, you know, Angel and all. And Buffy's like, excuse me? He's like, oh, you know, it's, you have a thing for broody undead types. Right. Buffy's like, but no, you! And somehow... Does not remove his head from his shoulders. Yeah. Um, anyway, Riley's hey, like, hey, hey, Riley, hey, Riley, <laughs> your insecurity is showing. Ixnay on the angel A. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so Riley's like, yeah, but you're not going anywhere near him anymore. Meaning Dracula, not Angel. Yeah. <laughs> Too late for that. <laughs> uh, Giles quickly agrees. Xander suggests Buffy stay with him, and everyone's quickly like, oh, that's a great fucking plan, eh? Yeah. <laughs> He's not acting squirrely at all. Quick, go, while Willow and Tara put up a protection spell on Joyce's house. I did want to mention, just because it comes into play later, uh, in this scene, Xander ate a spider and a fly. And a fly. I don't know why he ate a fly. Perhaps (laughs) he'll die. Fuck you. <laughs> I'm not going to hurt you. I just want you alive. <laughs> oh, I used to quote the absolute fuck out of Dracula Dead and Loving It. The tail end of the scene is Willow going, Wait, how did he get into your house? Smash cut to Joyce. I don't just invite any man into the house to have coffee with me. Just super crazy, hot, dark, broody, ancient ones. He seems so nice and normal. A little pale. (laughs) And Willow's like, a good Sunnydale rule of thumb, avoid white-skinned men in capes. Or, you know, just white men in general. (laughs) Is that the exact quote? No, no. Not, she says avoid white-skinned men in, in capes. Gotcha. But, you know. Was it pale-skinned? You mean no, pale? White, she says white-skinned. Huh. Uh, but Joyce's line here, this is my quote of the day. She says, I'm not like this. I don't invite strange men over for coffee. It's just, oh, when you girls are older, you'll understand. It's hard to date. Sometimes you just feel like... 
giving up on men altogether. She said to the lesbian couple <laughs> that gave sly knowing smiles to the comments. <laughs> Giggity. Yeah. It's fucking perfect. Schlickety, schlickety, schlickety five. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Tara Willow Bonin, schlickety five. Great. Like, a day <laughs> from now, I'm going to just be, like, at work doing something completely unrelated, and that's just going to pop into my head. Schlickety, schlickety, schlickety five. Cut to a random mansion. Yeah. Where Giles and Riley frantically search for weird random mansion leads that Giles has managed to pull up. Yeah, they they happen to be at the wrong random mansion. This is not the correct random mansion. They move on to the next. Your dark prince is in another castle. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for saving me. But the dark prince is in another castle. Damn it, Toad! <laughs> All right. Cut to Xander's place. Yeah. This fucking is great. <laughs> I love this scene so damn much. So Xander's looking extra squirrely while Anya obliviously whines that she's the one who knows him, meaning Dracula. Yeah. And she should be the one to... Xander shoves her in a closet and blocks it with a chair. Well, first she's like, hey, what time is it? And she's like, what? It's six o'clock. Okay, closet time. I think it was more like 8.30. Yeah. Shoves her in a closet, locks her in. 8.30? That's closet time. (laughs) What do you mean? I thought we were mountain time adjacent. Oh, well. (laughs) Shoves her in the closet. Immediately is like, so I'm going to take you to the Dark Master now, and he's going to make me immortal. Good plan. (laughs) She's like, okay. Buffy's like, yeah. All right, uh, let's go. That's let's do that. <laughs> you driving, right? <laughs> <laughs> you driving or am I? Neither of us. We're walking. Excuse me. Buffy is not fucking driving. <laughs> no one let that woman behind the goddamn wheel. Remember, Xander shouldn't be driving either. <clears throat> At least he knows how. <laughs> I guess he's gonna be hanging his head out the window the whole time trying to eat dragonflies. <laughs> One hits the windshield, he like climbs out onto the car. (laughs) Jesus. Fear me. He's so cute. You didn't sense a hyena energy at all, did you? Because hyena possession is just unpleasant. Run, flee, maybe skedaddle. Oh, I miss the free hot dogs on stick. Cut over to D's mansion. Yeah. And Xander's like <laughs> D's mansion. It's like D's nuts. <laughs> Donkey Kong's mansion. Or Dracula, whichever. Uh Xander takes her up to the banquet main dining hall thingy. And he's like, Kate, she's here. Do I get to be immortal now? Like, you go away, you odd, silly, disgusting man. You there, fuck off. Okay. <laughs> when you get there, continue. Oh, he fucked off quite quickly, I dare say. Goodness, it's like he does exactly what I tell him to. <laughs> it is as if he is under my thrall. I am Dracula. Uh. <laughs> so anyway, um, Xander's like, you bet. And Buffy's like, yeah, but... Not, but yeah, I came but, here willingly. I'm I'm here because I want to be, not because I'm under your thrall or whatever. But she is. Put down the stake. Bam. I wanted to do that. I 
That was my choice. I did that on purpose. <laughs> oh, shit. I I think you might be wrong there, Buffy. <laughs> I think we misunderestimated. Yeah. Yeah. And then Riley and Giles show up and they're like, huh, weird. It's a castle. I don't remember a castle in Sunnydale. I really enjoyed Riley's line. He's like, you know, Giles, I've lived in Sunnydale for a couple of years now. And you know what? I don't remember seeing at all. A large castle. A large castle. <laughs> <laughs> How quickly was this castle built? I think it had. I think he's owned it for a long fucking time and it had some sort of cloaking ward on it so that nobody would notice it. It had a not my problem spell around it. I think it's like an Acme castle. <laughs> and it's just a box and they bring it in and they set it down. It says Acme castle on it with a little rip cord. And you pull the rip cord and it goes no, and no, expands. No. It says just add water and they take an eyedropper. Oh, yeah. There you go. And they just squeeze one tiny drop of water. Yes. Castle. <laughs> and then it's a bouncy castle. Yes. <laughs> but it's also a really cool ancient gothic castle. It actually is a really cool fucking like exterior shot of the Yeah. I don't I want to know if this is like a real building somewhere. The interior set looked pretty fabricated to me, but the exterior yes. was probably real. Yeah. Um, like some fucking rich fucker in goddamn LA was like, you know what? I want a castle. I mean, they there's so many castles around in random places. They, they hell, they could have flown to England. England's lousy with castles. Yeah. Uh, just to get that one exterior shot, that's part of the budget of one episode. Yeah, and they only really needed to fly Riley and Giles. R Riley and Giles. And they could have a remote crew get that one shot they don't even need yeah. to ship any equipment or people yeah yeah i kind of want to look up where that castle was now right cut back to buffy and dracula uh buffy's trying to struggle against dracula's mind whammy <laughs> this was the point where i i was really fucking done i'm like oh god like can we just move on from this i'm so bored with dracula now really yeah I was just getting to, like... It got a little wordy for a minute, this but... This scene in particular, I was just like, okay. No worse than any other monster of the week. I guess. All right, so you're talking about when he's all like, I'm too sexy for my shirt, and... Yeah. Like, you know you want it, and she's like, oh, 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 honey, don't stop. No, but really, you can stop now. <laughs> yeah, so he's like, but your power, I know things. And Buffy's like, well, it better be the answers to tomorrow's pop quiz, because... I don't have time for this. Well, <laughs> you've pushed me to it. Tasty, tasty time. Nuh-uh. Oh, but it's your turn. Stranger danger, stranger danger. <laughs> That's how that scene went in my head. Yeah, it's accurate, honestly. <laughs> Just any any kind of shtick like this where the, the monster of the week is like, I know the secret of your power. It's... I oh, know more than you. Well, he's been around a while. Like, okay, uh, yeah, but... Like every fucking goddamn big ass villain has said that. I enjoy putting marshmallows on sticks. <laughs> I am Vlad the Impaler. Well, these are fucking great. <laughs> Cut to the hallway where Xanderfield bursts through a door onto Riley and he's like, No one hurts my master. 
you'll have to go through me. Riley's like, okay, punch. Okie dokie. <laughs> well, that was easy. When does this get difficult? Anybody? Anyone? No? Dust. It really was like punch and falls over like a fucking log. Honestly, I thought he put too much effort into it. Yeah, right? Way more than necessary. I was yeah. like, you're going to give the man brain damage. <laughs> well, <laughs> I think somebody... Somebody already had a little late damage. for that. <laughs> Cut to another room where Giles steps in. It's it's a bit dark, and there's a watch out for that first step. It's, it's a, a doozy. doozy. So he falls into a dark room and is quickly overcome by three Drusilla-like women that are licking and humping the shit out of him while they rip his clothes off and purring, mind you. <laughs> they were purring. It's like Giles has all the fun. Giles is lying. Good show, Giles. At least you didn't get knocked out for a change. Oh, oh, uh, oh goodness. I just say, this is most irregular, ladies. I, I must insist that we perhaps fill out the appropriate paperwork first. Uh, maybe. Oh, 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 don't do that. That tickles. Maybe read a book and snuggle. Rip. <laughs> or we can do it your way. <laughs> wrong me, wrong me, wrong my brains out. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you? Oh, you dare me. <laughs> it just kind of almost turned into Dracula Dead and Loving It right, right there. <laughs> yeah, it really did. Come <laughs> back to the dining hall where Dracula uh, tempts Buffy to taste his blood. No one can resist the blood. He's like, oh, it's not enough to turn you. You have to be drained of blood before it turns you. And I'm sorry, though. Like, I wouldn't fucking trust his word on that. Hey, Dracky boy, I can resist the blood. Yeah, <laughs> it's Buffy talking. He's like, I said no one can resist the blood. <laughs> well, I suppose no one ever got to the Tootsie Pop in just one lick. So she says, fuck it, and goes for it. Yeah. <laughs> like, holy shit. And suddenly, bang, flash, everything interesting from season one to now in like two seconds. Well, he's like, yeah, find your true nature. So she drinks his blood. She gets all these flashes of the first Slayer and everything and her power. Uh -huh. And then she's like, huh, and fucking chucks him across the room. <laughs> Ew. Gross. Old man blood. Like, you look young, but you're so old. <laughs> <laughs> no, quote of the day here, though, because she she actually says... I, I also wrote it down. Go. You go for it. No, no, you... you okay, go. she says, you know, I really think the thrall has gone out of our relationship, <laughs> but I want to thank you for opening up my eyes a little. What is this? My true nature. You want to taste... And they fight! There was a firefight! Almost literally. Yeah. Um, in a moment. She gets a few good hits, uh, but then he uppercuts her, which lands her on the fucking table. And now she's wearing pink leather pants. Yes. Instead of red or whatever they were before. They were like a, a dark, like blood red. Yeah. Red. They were they were not hot pink. No. These are hot pink. These are hot pink. <laughs> Cut to the chick pit. Yes! Where this was definitely the moment in the episode that I laughed the hardest. Uh huh. Riley opens the door. He's like, oh, Giles, 
Oh, thank God you've come. There was no possible escape. Oh, my shoe. Silly me, I'll just pop back down. Oh, no, 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 sir. No more chick pit for you. <laughs> Please, come, come on. on. Come on, just a little chick pit. <laughs> I just fucking love it that Riley calls it the chick pit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, oh, God, it was terrible. I remember it like it was only seconds ago. It was only seconds the ago, The sheer Giles. agony of the titillating pleasure of it all. Oh, my God, I forgot my shoe. Excuse me. <laughs> I really man. should go get that. I should get that. <laughs> uh, oh, no, none of that. <laughs> Bet you're gay. Now that just turned into Monty Python and Holy Grail. Yeah. It was a little dated. A little, a little, a little seems bit. a little homophobic. Yeah. <laughs> What are you going to do? So, back to Buffy and Dracula. Fighting, 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 fighting. Peril. That's what it was. Can't I have just a little peril? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's too perilous. <laughs> There's a great deal of myth about Dracula. Imagine the trick to defeating him lies in separating the fact from the fiction. What kind of an unholy creature wants his cheap, tasteless statue? So back to Buffy and Dracula fighting. Fight, 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 fight. Uh, she swings a lit torch at him. She misses the table. And she's like, a guy like you should think about going electric. Seriously. And it's like, what? Okay. Now, if I were a fucking vampire, I would not be living in a place like this. I would be living in the most modern goddamn home that I can imagine where everything is fucking made out of metal and fucking plastic <laughs> for god's sake and fucking led lights and shit and there wouldn't be a single goddamn flammable thing in the fucking room as little combustion as possible i would design that like a fucking nasa space mission goddamn it <laughs> nothing is flammable everything is perfectly packaged in plastic containers <laughs> There would be no wood or fire. Why the fuck would you live in a place that is filled with shit that can kill you? He's a rock star. You know, he likes to live dangerously. It's all about the glamour for him. I guess. And also, he, he's clearly not in too much danger. We'll get there. Yeah. yeah. Um. So she, she misses him with the torch. It hits the table. He turns into mist again. And she spots where his mist is about to reapparate. Yeah. And damn it, Buffy moves fucking fast. She hucks the torch, grabs the stake on the table as she's running past it, and leaps up to the landing and pops that stake into his chest just as he takes solid form again. And he looks just a wee bit surprised. Little bit. He falls over and dusts as he rolls down the stairs. A fucking living legend. Well, an undead legend anyway. And you ruined it, Buffy. Hold on. Good work. She had a good one-liner when she stabbed him. She did. How do you like my darkness now? You know, at <laughs> least she had a cheesy one-liner. Yeah. That makes it kind of okay. I'd have also accepted, I don't like secondhand smoke. <laughs> or, what is this, an airplane in the 70s? <laughs> Or peekaboo. Peekaboo. <laughs> or how about that's what you get for dressing like a magician? <laughs> <laughs> or even really, Penn and Teller are faster than that. 
Okay, that's my favorite. <laughs> so, so <laughs> Riley and Giles run in just in the anti-nick of time. And they're all, Ermagerd, are you okay? And then in busts Xander. And we get just <laughs> the best quote. He busts in. Where is he? Where's the creep that turned me into a spider-eating man pitch? Buffy says he's gone. Damn it! You know what? I'm sick of this crap. I'm sick of being the guy who eats insects and gets the funny syphilis. As of this moment, it's over. I'm finished being everybody's butt monkey. <laughs> Are you, though, Xander? Are you? <laughs> well, pucker up, buttercup. Lots more where that came from. The look on Puffy's face is priceless. She's like, check. No more butt monkey. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Riley's like, hey, at least you weren't getting with three hot vampire babes like Giles here. <laughs> hey, I was in complete... I, I was going to... Shut up! <laughs> they all exit. Um, fucking... <clears throat> Dracky boy reapparates. Buffy restakes him. <laughs> you think I don't watch your movies? You always come back. And it's the fog again reapparates. <laughs> She's like, I'm standing right here. <laughs> come on, wait till we leave. <laughs> Show some respect. So he's not really gone. She didn't really ruin no. a living undead legend because, you know. The way Dracula's designed with bad writing, he just always comes back. Yeah. Well, whatever. Wrap-up time. Yeah, wrap-up scene. Just as Giles is about to tell Buffy he's leaving, she's like, So, I really need you to be my watcher again, because ever since they cast that spell with the first Slayer and shit, things have been, uh... Things just haven't been the same. You know, I've been hunting and stuff. Uh, and Giles is like, Okie dokie. I'm not going anywhere then. I have zero news for you. Okay. Come on. It was a much more touching fucking scene than that. It was, in fact. But this was a very dialogue-heavy episode, yeah. and I just couldn't read the whole script. No, and but it is it is a very, very good, touching, like, father-daughter sort of moment between these two. I was mainly just like, oof, this is a really good thing you let her go first. Yeah. And man, that would have been devastating if you'd been like... Uh, I need to go back to England because I don't think you need me anymore. And she'd be like, oh, but I really, really need you. Uh. Yeah, and then she would have had to say all that while fucking bawling her eyes out. Exactly. And that would have been devastating to me. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh my God. Who needs childhood? Because it's just disintegrated. But the look on Giles's face at the very end of the scene when she's like, oh, what did you want again? And he's just, no, no, it's nothing. Oh, nothing. And just uh -huh. the look on his face, it like, it's, it's fucking perfect. Yeah, I'm like, oh, thank God, crisis averted. Yeah. I thought he was about to leave way earlier than I expected him to. But then again, I remember the lyrics to Once More With Feeling, and I'm like, oh, yeah, we've got at least another season. Yeah. And then we cut to Buffy's house. Buffy is getting ready to go out, and uh, she's going to go to the movies. With Riley. Yeah. Buffy walks into her bedroom, and Dawn is standing there in, in her room, and she's like, what are you doing here? And we hear Joyce say, hey, if you're going out, why don't you take your sister with you? And both of them turn to camera. Mom! 
cut to credits. Leaving us all going, wait. What? What What the fuck just happened? Huh? Excuse me? A sphincter says what? <laughs> uh... <laughs> to be continued. Yeah. Gerarg. Gerarg. Is this for me? I must be ready. I need my strength. strength. Give, 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 give me more! Night, I shall walk in Hold on. You've got something here. How'd you feel about this episode? You know, everyone talks about this episode. I was really looking forward to it, and I feel like it didn't really disappoint. I, I mean, after hearing what you said about it and suggesting ways in which it could have really developed and added to the lore of Dracula, now I'm really disappointed that it didn't <laughs> do that. But within the boundaries of the Buffyverse, I still feel like it did not disappoint. It was a fun episode. Yeah. You know, I think it definitely did some great character stuff, which, you know, is just nice to get back to with these characters. It was a great reintroduction to a series, a light, fluffy feeling with a new character that was still familiar. Yeah. Everybody's familiar with Dracula, whether they know the details of the lore or not. So that's just fun for everyone. And I couldn't stop thinking the whole time about... One of our fans that asked us on Facebook, hey, what episode do you think I should have my daughter watch to get her hooked on this show? And yeah. And I think this one. I We, we need to go back and fucking comment with that. If it's yeah. not too late, if you've already picked one and shown it to her and she's been like, oh, fuck this show forever. I'm sorry to hear that. But also, eh, she might still come around. And it really had that kind of feel. I think partly accentuated by the fact that we just did a season of Angel and we've been away from the show for a little bit. Uh-huh. But also this kind of had a feel of like, how do we get new viewers and how do we introduce new viewers? I wonder if it correlates to the show moving networks because the Buffy was on Fox and it moved. Oh, yeah. I forget exactly how um, that worked out. It sounded like a complicated story. Yeah. And I don't know when it moved. And I think it might have moved. It might have. This might have been the first season that it was on the new network. I don't know. Hmm. And I if if that were the case, this definitely would make sense to be kind of a reintroduction sort of episode. It had that kind of feel. I enjoyed the episode. I think it could have been more. But I wasn't disappointed. I think that's what's great mm -hmm. about the episode is it shows us the essence of Buffy. It still gives us a taste of the deep ongoing relationships between these characters while giving us some of the best of the goofiest, lightest moments Yeah, that this yeah. show has to offer. And that's why I just couldn't stop thinking. And also, it's just that one episode that everybody talks about there was an article specifically talking about uh tv show review podcasts as a genre and they were like you know what i could go watch buffy versus dracula right now but i'm too busy catching up on my favorite buffy podcast which wasn't us i'm not going to say who it was you know who it was and they were like but i'm gonna wait until they get to that episode to rewatch that episode because i can have this podcast be my partner in my rewatch. And I just, it really stuck with me that they picked this episode. Yeah, that is interesting. 
I'd be interested in in seeing what episodes resonate with different fans in specific ways with our show. How do they, which episodes do people associate our podcast with specifically? Yeah. Hey, interesting. Why don't you give us a call at 269-743-0783 and tell us if you had to get a friend of yours hooked on our show, which episode of beer with Buffy or ale with angel would you recommend to them? Yeah. That's that's good information. That's the kind of thing that would really inflate my ego. <laughs> Do tell. But also, like, honestly, when you go to explain any show to anybody, you're like, hey, watch this one. Listen to this one. Yeah. You know, and that so that's just fascinating information. Indeed. I think. You ready to do quotes of the day? Yeah, I am definitely ready to do quotes of the day. What's your quote of the day, Rex? I gotta go with Xander's line. <laughs> Which one? The butt monkey bit. Oh, okay. Especially the, I'm sick of being the guy who eats the insects and gets the funny syphilis. (laughs) (laughs) That was was an excellent callback as well. But also his specific (laughs) delivery of that is just so amazing. And it makes me just that much happier that this is used for new Xander music. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it was that good. And it's particularly hilarious to me because you literally showed me that new Xander music right before we watched this episode. Yeah. And I did not know it was from this episode. And Nor it, did it I. Just, it hammered this quote home that much better. But yeah, that's totally, in my opinion, one of the funniest moments of the episode. But what's your quote of the day? Just so that we don't have two Xander quotes of the day here, I'm going to give mine to Buffy. Dracula says... You are magnificent. She says, I bet you say that before you bite all the girls. (laughs) So there it is. There was a lot of really good play on words. It was such a punchy episode. Yeah. There were so many funny fucking lines. And Xander's classic comedic relief. Yep. As, As big of a dickhole as he is and tool and douchebag and nice guy and all that nonsense he's still funny you know honestly with coming back to the show from doing angel for a while angel does not have the same caliber of pure comic relief really doesn't they just don't have anybody that funny on the show and the writing really just doesn't even lend itself to that regardless wesley can be funny cordelia can be funny angel can be funny but none of them are specifically the funny character. Right. And the 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 dialogue isn't quite as punchy. And I think partly just because the tone that these characters are written in is punchier in general. Yeah. But before we close it out, I did want to ask you, what are your thoughts on the last little fucking bit of this episode? Like, do you remember what it was like the first time this happened when it popped up and you're like, what the fuck? Who is this? Oh, with Dawn. Yeah. I do remember what it was like. And the intrigue was delicious. I was like, who's this? What the fuck is happening? Oh, they're fucking with reality, with time, space, continuum shit now. And I fucking love that kind of shit in my tv and movies like one of my favorite tv shows of all time is fringe one of my my favorite movie of all time is groundhog day yeah 
And like, even though that's just classified as a generic 90s rom-com. It's still fucking kind of trippy. It set a precedent for some trippy shit. Have you seen, there's this new movie that basically pulls the Groundhog Day mechanic shamelessly Palm Springs. It's called Palm Springs. I have heard of it. I like. I have. I still haven't seen the end of it, so I don't know how it ends. So we should just watch it together sometime. Yeah, but I. I it's still really good. I watched like three quarters of it. I, I've, I've had at least two other people in the last few months actually mention that to me. Yeah. Uh, right around the last Groundhog Day. Uh huh. So. And, and I can't get too much into. All the shit about Dawn, because honestly, I, I recall that it gets resolved really quickly, but the the intrigue is great, and I love what they do with it, because it has this really seedy, dark undertone, but Dawn is such a lovable character at the yeah. same time, and they resolve it so well. Now, I so I specifically wanted to ask you this question, partly because I did not get that. Because the first fucking introduction I had to Buffy was Once More with Feeling. Oh, I'm so sorry. And it made, like, when we, we talked about, like, how you introduce people to this show, it made me realize you can't introduce them to this show before this moment in the show. Because it ruins this moment. And this bringing in a fucking character out of the goddamn blue in a very Jonathan is the Slayer way. Yeah. Was so fucking brilliantly executed that like it introducing someone with an episode later ruins it. And I had, because I had it ruined for me and I really have always felt, man, I just wish I could have experienced this. Yeah. Like watching it on TV the first time and been like, could I couldn't imagine It's really the most sixth sense kind of moment in the entire series. Yeah. Like I couldn't imagine watching this and then being like, what the fuck was that? I got to wait a fucking week. Do you know what the fuck that was about? Right. Who the fuck was that? Uh huh. (laughs) And yeah. So this has been another episode of Beer with Buffy. Yeah, it has. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter. Like us on Facebook. Join our Facebook Beer with Buffy group. If you would like to do the number one thing you can do to support our show, leave a review for us on iTunes. If you review us on iTunes and you would like to get a sticker, take a screenshot of that review and email or Facebook us or send us a Twitter message and we will set up a way to get you a sticker to the best of our ability. If you would like to support us financially, you can do that by going to patreon.beerwithbuffy.com. We have some perks there. We can name a cat. You'll get your name on our list of executive producers and we'll read off your name at the beginning of every episode. If you'd like to just own some shit that has our logo on it, you can do that at store.beerwithbuffy.com. As previously mentioned, if you'd like to send us a voicemail, you can do that at 269-743-0783. And you can also send a text message to that number. You can email us beerwithbuffy at gmail.com as always thank you very much to jj treadway for all our opening and transition music this has been beer with buffy 
God, it feels good to say that again. I know, right? I'm Rex. I'm Josh. Have a good night. You don't have to run faster than Dracula. You just have to run faster than Penn and Teller. Why Penn and Teller? Because they're magicians. <laughs> I make allowances for your years, but I expect a certain amount of responsibility. And instead of which you enslave yourself to this, this cult. You don't like the color? <laughs> done why are we watching this <laughs>